This is Tim Tapp, the ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host of Tap Into The Truth that you can hear right here, K-Star, ZMA, and the Vera Networks. Command codes verified. is in a crucial stage It's not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border Politicians build a new world order Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from a undisclosed location today. So you're likely to hear some additional sounds in the background. You see, the Biden DOJ, they're not very good at finding crime and criminals, but they do like trying to silence people that uh, want to tell you the truth. So I'm a bit on the lam tonight, but I can't be silenced. I won't be stopped. We're going to keep going, and here we are. Glad to have you along for the ride. Hope you will forgive all the additional sounds in the background because, after all, we are making sure that uh, while I'm having to – you know, step outside of my usual broadcast bunker that, uh, well, 
they'll never think to look for me where I'm at. That's that's all that really matters. But you guys are right here, and I appreciate that. Glad to have you here. Uh, looking to have an interesting uh, conversation or two this evening, as we normally hope to anyway. We're scheduled to be joined here in just a few minutes by Mr. Gregory Stenstrom. Uh, he is, of course, one of the co-authors of a great book uh, that a lot of you, if you haven't already heard of, really should get to know. Uh, it is, of course, The Parallel Election, a Blueprint for Deceit. And, uh, you know, probably not much of a surprise to you that we're talking about, uh, well, we're talking about what happened in 20. 20. Uh, if you're not familiar uh, with uh, <clears throat> with Gregory, uh, just to let you know, he has been an activist on the uh, election issues since he first got involved as a poll watcher. He is a former military man that spent some time in the United States Navy as both an executive officer and as a commanding officer. He's been the uh, CEO and founder of his own company. He's a forensic computer scientist. And that's just the things he's done officially on the resume. Uh, should be an interesting conversation as now there's an effort to try and further harass him and his associates because they are insistent on continuing to tell the truth. Uh, they might need to get on the lam and, and hide out with me. Uh, <laughs> at any rate, we're also scheduled to be joined by Mr. Brandon Weichart a little bit later. Uh, we'll be talking about Mr. Blinken's latest trip to China. If you're not familiar with Brandon, then you've probably been under a rock. Uh, his most recent book is called Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life, but he's a prolific author. He's written several pieces, and uh, he runs his own website uh, called the Wackert Report, so uh, should be interesting conversation there as well. Now, if all goes as planned, we'll also be joined in the second hour by a last-minute fill-in as Mr. Ed Brodal has decided that he will join us as well. So we'll have an extended conversation, and we'll just touch on some various topics of the day. Uh, topics like the Supreme Court making a terrible decision uh, in so much as saying that the states don't have standing to challenge the federal policies for illegal migrants and their placement. We'll probably be talking a little bit about Hunter Biden's WhatsApp uh, little statements and the blowback since then. And I would say we will probably talk a little bit also about topics related to the war on whites. Uh, of course, that's Ed's most recent book. Before we get into all that, though, since we're going to be talking about some pretty heavy topics later, I wanted to start out with something a little bit more light for this Friday evening, and that is the fact that I love it when the left eats their own, and inevitably they do. And if you haven't caught this story yet, it would appear that Starbucks is in a bit of a spot. You see, their workers at more than 150 of their locations have all made it clear through the union 
to the corporate offices that they're prepared to go on strike over accusations that the company's not allowing Pride Month uh, decor in cafes. <laughs> this, of course, was breaking today. Uh, time of the live broadcast being Friday, June 23rd, 2023, just a smidge past 7 p.m. Eastern. But the union, uh, known as Starbucks Workers United, said that uh, more than 150 stores with close to 3,500 workers have pledged, they have sworn their solemn oath to go on strike over the next week. More than two dozen more stores are voting on strike authorizations as we speak which could bring the count up to nearly 200 stores. Now, this all according to the union, of course. Calling it strike with pride, uh, which is also something they put in their tweet, the Starbucks Worker United uh, Twitter account, strike with pride. This, this is insane. I'm sorry. What, what is the point? Last week, the union claimed that Starbucks had restricted Pride Month decorations in some stores. First, that doesn't sound like Starbucks to me. Starbucks has been on the anti-conservative, anti-American hit list for a while. They're up there with Ben and Jerry's. They love making money off of the capitalist system that lets them charge way more than they should get away with for a really crappy cup of coffee. But... They are definitely, definitely not on board with being pro-American. They have, however, noticed what happens to companies like Bud Light and Target when they go one step too far. Most of corporate America is starting to get the idea that maybe they should just shut up and do their business rather than intentionally tried to alienate a large percentage of the population. This is something that even Disney and Netflix, huge entertainment companies, have not been able to just shake off. So if Starbucks is wising up, if Starbucks is starting to realize that, you know, in the places where we do business and our standard customer may actually fall into the category of LGBTQ plus or their allies – then maybe it's kind of dumb of them not to do it, which is why I have a hard time believing that this is true. It may actually just be a rumor, or maybe the brass up at the top of Starbucks has decided once and for all that they really should kind of back off the political. Now, that would be smart for the most part. If you're talking about a regular business, Starbucks is a national brand at this point, so maybe they do need to be concerned, but Again, you should be looking at who is your target customer. And the target customer for a Disney movie, the target customer for a Bud Light, the target customer for even uh, a company like, you know, Target, they need to appeal to a larger brand or they need to understand who they generally appeal to. If you applied that rule to Starbucks, then Starbucks probably should be playing up heavily the Pride Month festivities rather than backing off. And again, this isn't me encouraging them. This is me just wondering what exactly is this that's going on. I almost feels to me like it's just an excuse to strike. 
because I, I haven't seen much in the way of the pride decorations in this neck of the woods. But here in East Tennessee, that would probably be a bad idea. And it's not that I haven't seen any. It's just they do seem a little muted. Whereas if they're just as muted uh, out in Oregon or Washington State or California, then then maybe they have a reason to be concerned. But the terrible deep dark secret is that a company like Starbucks – should be able to set their corporate tone. They should get to make their decisions for themselves. If they want to pull back, if they want to wait till things calm down after what's going on with Bud Light and what's going on with Target, then that would probably not be a bad idea. They can't let their employees hold them hostage. They shouldn't let their employees hold them hostage. But when you have unions at play, sometimes you don't get to make that decision, which is part of why, once again, I say the left is eating their own. Starbucks is about as left as it gets. I mean, uh, the only other company I can think of that might be more left-leaning is maybe Ben and Jerry's. And we all know who they are. It's baked into the cake, or in their case, uh, rolled into the ice cream. We understand it, and if you still make those purchases, you're doing so knowing what you're supporting. I think the same thing's true with Starbucks. At this point, I don't believe anybody is shocked by what they're up to. We know who they are. But is this really a thing? <coughs> Excuse me. I just have a hard time believing it. I, I can't believe Starbucks would even pull back. It just doesn't seem like a thing they would do. And naturally, Starbucks has denied the allegations. And they said that the company's not changed its policy on store decor this year, noting that some stores have been sharing their pride decorations on social media, saying that, quote, we unwaveringly support the LGBTQIA2 plus community. And you know they're serious because they go all the way to the 2 plus. <laughs> There's been no change to any policy on this matter. And we continue to encourage our store leaders to celebrate with their communities, including for U.S. Pride Month in June. We, we are deeply concerned by false information that's being spread. Now, ordinarily, I would take a statement like that with a grain of salt. But again, it's freaking Starbucks. That seems like exactly who we would be dealing with. All right, Doug, does that thumbs up mean what I think it means? Okay, it does indeed mean what I think it means, which... If I'm thinking correctly, it means we have today's first guest on the line. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, would like to welcome to the show Mr. Gregory uh, Stenstrom. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Greg. Unfortunately, I've got a bit of a tickle in my throat uh, today, so I'm trying to fight through it. But uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you. All right. Now, um, one of the things that uh, I was very excited to get the chance to talk to you about is the book that you co-authored 
parallel election, a blueprint for deception. So before we get into the latest incident that you have ongoing, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about the book and how it came about. Sure. Uh, the name of the, the name of the book again is the parallel election, and the subtitle is uh, a blueprint for deception and an account of the election, the no- November 2020 election in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. And the book depicts um, what we saw as massive election fraud in Delaware County and the substitution of fake ballots for real ballots, both mail-in ballots and electronic ballots. And the book details our journey, our evidence, our documentation, and uh, our interactions with law enforcement, our interactions with the election officials, and uh, 126 pages of documents hard physical evidence that are a proof of the fraud right yeah and, and you're not coming from this from a standpoint of just somebody that was poll watching you have a tremendous background you are a forensic computer scientist uh you have uh, run your own business you have uh, experience as an executive officer and a commanding officer in the military uh you understand what it looks like to both be a leader and to be observant of the situation around you. You can see and understand motivations that are at play. Uh, is Would you say that's a fair assessment? I, I thank you for saying it probably better than I could, but I've been involved in uh, investigating um, multiple uh, major fraud incidences for the federal government, the state government, municipal governments, and uh, I have been uh, part of putting corrupt officials in jail. I was recruited for this, even though I live in Delaware County. Uh, Leah Hoops, who's the co-author of the book, uh, she asked a mutual friend. She said, do you know anybody who's an expert in fraud, had these qualifications? And he happened to know me, and he said, I know just the guy. So mm-hmm. I do have a background in the military and um, Navy surface warfare, diving, special operations, special warfare and um, was the executive officer and commanding officer unit. And I've worked at the highest levels of uh, government in doing cyber warfare, cyber fraud, fraud. So I, I, I have a, I wasn't someone who was walking in off the street. Right. So in the process, and I've watched uh, your testimony uh, in regards to what occurred at uh, the polling data with the, the uh, the multiple occasions with the, the thumb drives, essentially, uh, and all these uncounted ballots and all of this just mind-boggling stuff. And you went over the numbers, and and it's just phenomenal, the fact that so much was clearly not right. Not necessarily a situation where it may have been an intentional thing, but it gets really hard to believe at some point, there wasn't some level of intention based on the testimony you gave. But you were, again, uh, cold, calculated. Uh, you were dispassionate. You simply stated facts. You did exactly what you would want someone in your position to state. And as a result, you become rather unpopular among the folks that want people to believe that Donald Trump was not the victim of any level of shenanigans in 2020. Um is there any doubt in your mind whatsoever 
that there were not at least a few key districts around the country, especially when it comes to Delaware County, where you were at in Pennsylvania, that there was indeed uh, sh shenanigans that should have been looked closer at and perhaps enough to have changed the outcome of the state certification? I will, we'll start with the state. I'm 100 percent certain that the election was stolen in Pennsylvania in 2020, and there have been election, uh, there's been election fraud since in November 2022 and May of 2023. Uh, there is election fraud continuing to go on from since November 2020, and they do it, uh, the people who are perpetrating the fraud do it through mail-in ballot fraud, where they basically substitute fake ballots for real ones. So the real ballots that you are listeners send in mail-in ballots are never counted. Uh, they're stored someplace else, and uh, they substitute fake ballots. And then they do it electronically, primarily uh, there's different machines in different places, but in Delaware County and other places in Pennsylvania, they use uh, heart intercivic machines, which use removable media, just like a thumb drive. They call it a V drive in the book. And that thumb drive is what contains the electronic vote from every precinct. And then they put that in central counting centers, and uh, they change the vote. So the electronic vote, we saw a flip, and I you know, watched the warehouse uh, supervisor who brought in uh, a large baggie of USB V drives two days after the election, and I objected to him putting them in. I said that, you know, these contain uh, votes. He put them in anyways over my objections, and uh, I was held back by the police. And uh, the vote flipped by 50,000 votes. Yeah. yeah, and it's just mind-boggling to me that this was allowed to happen even with folks that were there. And anytime anybody mentions anything that was even as a possibility, we get treated like we're conspiracy theorists, that we're uh, – supporting an insurrection, that we're trying to steal the election, when in fact we were trying to prevent the steal. But uh, things are continuing uh, to try to discredit you and uh, some of the other activists that you're associated with, uh, like your co-author, for example. You've been hit with a protective order in uh, Philly court. Uh, tell us about that. Well, uh, we had the hearing this week, but uh, several weeks ago, we were hit with a protective order that demanded that we uh, be limited in our movement throughout the county, that our firearms uh, and any incendiary devices in our homes be confiscated, that we be gagged and forbidden from speaking, and that we not be allowed to submit any court filings without the approval of the court, uh, and that we'd be fined $15,000. And the quote, uh, the, the opposing attorney made the accusation that I had threatened him and the court and his plaintiff with using explosive devices on them. And the quote he um, quoted was uh, a quote I made in the book and I've made quite often, which is there's four ways to change the country. The soap box, the ballot box, the jury box, and the powder box. And I said, what we're doing is we're fighting in the courts, and we're working very hard in the courts, and that's our way home so that we can stay out of the powder box. Right. And, they, and they said, well, you, you're, threatening, you're threatening, threatening people, and he extrapolated it to I was threatening gay people. And I was like, you know, I, I said, well, wh how did you arrive at that? He said, well, you said 
you know, you, you said that the powder box and you've used the, the cartridge box. You're threatening, you know, the use of arms and the use of explosives on us. And I said, well, no. I said, you know, it's been used by the, the same exact quote was used by Frederick Douglass, the famous, you know, abolitionist in 1866, Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, who were suffragists, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, who were civil rights, Malcolm uh, Harvey Milk, a gay rights activist. I said, uh, all these people use the exact same thing, and it's called a monotony, uh, a monotony, a not monotony, and it's a, uh, it's a, it's basically the uh, liberty boxes. So the lunch box would be social programs. The contribution box would be donations. You know, so people use these boxes as as monotonies or the metaphors for uh, for uh, for this thing. So I said, how do you conflate that into me wanting to blow you up? And he said, well, it's obvious. So the long story short, and I'll get to it. The judge said, well, don't you think only you know people could could think you were calling for violence and i said well only either an idiot a moron or opposing counsel and citizens could he said i think citizens could could you know don't you think citizens might you know might think that this is a violence they said well everyone in the united states who goes through it's a part of a high school of a curriculum it's a requirement to graduate from a high school you have to take u.s history one and all the quotes and all the people i just mentioned are all subject to u.s history one so if they took u.s history one then they should know what i was talking about or at least even common sense wise even if you didn't know history you should know that i wasn't talking about blowing anybody up so um the judge was still concerned um said he would be watching us and he said well you're saying that you're saying that that there could be violence and i said well i didn't say violence what i said is that a constitutional remedy to a tyrannical government is the use of arms so i said that's lawful i said that's not a call i'm not calling for violence i'm saying one of the one of the uh, tools of the constitution is you know is is to confront the government but not before we exhaust all our other administrative remedies, which is the courts and the ballot box and the soap box. And I said, that's your First Amendment right, your Second Amendment right. You know, exercise all of, excuse me, not Second Amendment, your First Amendment right and your right to uh, trials and right to bring grievances to the government. I said, it took 40 years before the Civil War happened. It took 100 years for the Revolutionary War to happen. These things just don't happen overnight. I'm not calling for a violent insurrection. I'm saying we have to uh, proceed as we're constitutionally allowed to, and, and we have to proceed lawfully, and that our way home is through the courts. So that was it. The judge, uh, the, the, the judge uh, rejected it and dismissed the claim. But they, they had, I think, they had every intention of doing this, and it was uh, chilling, and it was meant to threaten us, and it was meant to threaten any citizen who stands up, and, yeah. and, and would anybody else who would stand up and, and challenge our government. Yeah. Well, I, I think you did a really good job of explaining how it, it is important for the government uh, to work as it's intended and the, the methods that the people have in order to hold it in line. And that's clearly what the statements mean. I, I just I think it's important to reiterate you can say, hey, if if we do this the right way and we do this the right way and it still isn't fixed, it is fair to warn you that some people will be frustrated to the point that they may take further action. And it is uh, clearly stated that uh, there are times when it's appropriate. 
the it's other probably. aspect, though, uh, it sounds to me like it's more than just trying to intimidate you. It sounds like they were trying to leave you unable to defend yourself. And right now is a time when there are a lot of leftists that certainly like to to try and take advantage of people that aren't in a position to defend themselves. I, I think a lot about uh, certain groups of Antifa. I'd imagine you guys probably have a target on your back. We've, we've got to wind things down real quick, but uh, Gregory, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, real quick, let everybody know where they can find the book, and uh, please feel free to share any websites you'd like to. And if you're inviting people to follow you on any social media platform, uh, share those handles as well if you like. I'd appreciate it. You can buy the book at ParallelElection.com. You can buy it on Amazon. It's called Parallel Election. You can look it up on Amazon, ParallelElection.com. Um, we have a site, our own social media platform, www.patriot.online. There's no com, there's no .net. It's www.patriot.online. Uh, there's donate buttons there. There is uh, election resources, so you can see our videos. You can look at our materials and the evidence that we provided. And uh, we appreciate your support. I can't thank you enough. Uh, we're just looking for transparency and accountability from our government. And we believe that there's good public servants out there, good judges, good FBI agents that are going to help us find our way home. All right. Again, thank you so much for being here tonight, and thank you for uh, picking up uh, the charge and uh, trying to lead the way for liberty. Uh, heaven knows that we need to restore faith and integrity into all of uh, the branches of our government. Thank you, sir. Godspeed, and uh, hopefully we can get together and talk again sometime soon. I'd like that very much, tell you about the court cases we've got. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, certainly we will be following up with that. Uh, we need to take a quick uh, break. We'll probably have to hit it real quick. But uh, when we get back, we will be joined by our next guest. In the meanwhile, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. This is Kalen Dorr with Tuck Browser, and you're listening to Tim Tapp on Tap In The Truth. As some Americans regularly celebrate American independence, so far too many of us refuse to recognize a major source of our national greatness. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Believe it or not, the Constitutional First Amendment establishes biblical Christianity as the moral guide and civic conscience of society. If America's founders wanted to separate the morality and values of the Bible from the cultural norms of the state, they would have made for a separate amendment section. What the founders understood is that the word of God in the Bible is the foundational root of true liberty, not only from government tyranny, but overall sin itself, which is the underpinning of such evils as government, modern-day high-tech corporate, and medical tyranny being waged against we the people today. The founders warned Americans not to abandon their virtuous morality presented in God's word because once that happened, the U.S. would wander off the path of greatness and would be cast in a constant state of overwhelmed with self-destructive actions and decisions. Hopefully, the USA will seek God's forgiveness and providential guidance and restore God's moral standards. If not, forget about it. I'm Ron Edwards. Bye now.
Bean stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire, around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key, the idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly. But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo. Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat, skull. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn UN. 
You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us through that break. I have to I would say that ordinarily this would be the time where I would talk to you about our friends over at 4 and remind you to go visit them. And uh, when you see something there that you want to get, uh, use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, to get 10% uh, discount. But I don't have time for that because our next guest has already been waiting patiently, and I appreciate that. We ran a little long with the last interview. I just couldn't bring myself to cut it any shorter than that because it's such important stuff. But this is important stuff too. Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is a geopolitical analyst. He is the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, as well as The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy, uh, his brand new book, uh, Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are probably familiar with him if you read American Greatness or if you read the Washington Times. In fact, there's a really good chance that you may already subscribe to the newsletter, The Weikert Report. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Mr. Brandon J. Weikert. Brandon, first of all, thank you so much for your patience. And secondly, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? Well, thank you for having me, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and I am uh, doing very well, very well. How are you? Well, I'm actually doing uh, fairly well as well. I, I am broadcasting from a location other than my normal uh, studio, having to go on the road uh, tonight, so I've got a lot of uh, background noise that's ongoing that we don't normally have here, but uh, you know we're making do, and we certainly couldn't afford not to do the show, uh, especially when we had such great guests like yourself lined up. Uh, Brandon, you are uh, somebody that has a unique perspective. Uh, you're your observations about history have led you to uh, to write some really great material. I, I've been a fan of uh, your stuff for a while now, so I'm really excited about getting to talk to you. Uh, before we get into our primary topic, and uh, that being, of course, uh, Mr. Blinken's little trip to China, I, I want to make sure that <laughs> folks have a good idea of exactly what they can uh, expect uh, once we convince them to pick up a copy of Biohacked. Yeah, well, uh, Biohacked is a story of uh, what the heck we went through the last few years. You know, the, the pandemic hit this country, and it was literally a shared experience, and yet nobody really has a good idea of what, what caused it, what it was, and should we be worried about anything else coming down the pike? In the book, I outline, as you know, at American Greatness, uh, going back to 2017, I had been covering biotech in China, and then the COVID virus hit, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like everything I've been warning about, what they're doing in China with the biotech experiments. Um, it turns out uh, that COVID-19, as I prove in the book, yes, it was in fact from a lab, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. 
it looks like more very probably the parts of the U.S. government were incidentally funding the creation of the disease um, as part of an effort to get um, vaccines, but they didn't realize that by giving these capabilities to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is run by the Chinese military, the Chinese military were going to weaponize that and use it against us as a bioweapon. In fact, in the book I, I trace, there's a 2015 white paper that a group of Chinese scientists wrote uh, in which they outlined how the Chinese government, the military there, could weaponize coronaviruses and deploy them against the United States to collapse our medical and economic systems to have longer-term strategic and political effects that would harm the United States and benefit the Chinese. Of course, what happened in 2020, um, they had a president over here, Trump, who was very threatening to China, and he was using trade for the first time in decades against China, whereas China had always used trade to hurt us. And they had to get rid of him. And it was during an election year. And had COVID not hit, Trump would have won in a landslide re-election. COVID, though, conveniently pops up here. We go crazy on ourselves because we don't recognize that it's a Chinese attack. And then we kick President Trump out and we end up electing or putting into power Joe Biden, who is obviously a Chinese plant. And so I outline in the book how this virus was created, why it was created, why, why it was deployed, how it was, when it was. And I also talk about it's not just COVID that we have to worry about. It's also the other diseases that the Wuhan Institute of Virology is playing with, like smallpox. And then I also talk about in the book how for years using CRISPR-Cas9, which is a gene editing tool that we created and gave to China, China can now gene edit specific bio-attack weapons, what they call specific ethnic genetic attacks, targeting an individual or a group of people's genetics with tailor-made bioweapons to wipe them out silently. That's the future we're heading into, and that's that's what the book's really about. It's a warning, and it's also a true history of what it was we all just went through. Yeah, yeah. and the scariest aspect is not that long ago, uh, that would have been the uh, fodder for science fiction movies and uh, action yep. spy movies, but it literally yep. is the reality that we're facing now, and uh, they've gotten there not on their own all by themselves, but with a lot of help from uh, folks on our side, uh, financing and that's, with some of our right. scientists, right? That's right, and actually I, I talk about in the book um, the Obama administration actually ordered the National Institute of Health to stop doing this risky gain-of-function research at the University of North Carolina uh, on coronaviruses because they were worried in 2014 it might leak out of the lab. And so Obama's National Security Review Board told Dr. Collins, the head of the NIH, you got to stop this immediately. And he did. And what happened was, though, the Dr. Anthony Fauci, who was running the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, NIAID, he was so obsessed with getting to uh, mRNA vaccine capability. That's what the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines are. Um, he, he wanted to get to these vaccines immediately. So he offloaded all of that research and tax money from the, the University of North Carolina's project. He shifted it over to the Wuhan Institute of Virology via a third-party nonprofit group called the EcoHealth Alliance, which was run by Peter Dazak and Ralph Bar Barrick. Um, and he was trying desperately 
to get China to take this research and weaponize coronaviruses. Now, he didn't think of it as weaponization. He was thinking of it, let's get cures. He didn't realize he's a useful idiot to China's grand plan. Their grand plan, of course, is to take this capability and weaponize it. What Fauci was after, though, people don't realize, it had nothing to do with coronavirus. He wanted to use the quest for creating mRNA vaccines for coronaviruses and apply that to creating mRNA vaccines for his great obsession, HIV AIDS, which he'd been trying to deal with since the 80s. And he, all he saw were dollar signs and the Nobel Peace or the, the Nobel prize rather in uh, in medicine and so that's what you were dealing with with some of these scientists and these powerful organizations giving the kind of capabilities to china that they would then use against us in a in a war situation which they already may have yeah pride hu- hubris greed uh all the uh, combustible ingredients that leads to otherwise reasonably intelligent people to make very bad decisions whether they and choose to blind themselves or not uh that brings us back around to uh some of these other things that we see ongoing yeah. uh, obviously that's a thing that a lot of us in the conservative circles have been talking about for a while, but it seems like from day one of the Biden administration's taking over, uh, China has basically just thumbed their nose at this administration. Uh, we yeah. have relations that are probably at their worst for a very long time. China has been very clear, the CCP in particular, uh, they consider us to be an adversary and an enemy. Uh, They've never made qualms about that. We have hoped to be able to convince the Chinese people uh, that through uh, capitalistic ideas and free markets that we could import freedom. And in effect, it's not a bad strategy. It's not a bad idea to give folks taste of what that kind of liberty can do, and it can change a country. But the CCP has so much on lockdown, and they had so much control. This hybridized right. version of their economy was never going to allow that to happen. All they've done is they've used our economic power to increase their own, to strengthen themselves, and now yep. they're so openly adversarial against the Biden administration. And it has a lot to do with the fact that they seem to have no fear particularly of Joe Biden. How much of this, based on your experience, uh, is a a matter of this administration being naive? Uh, How much of it is uh, perhaps some connections that are unsavory, uh, possibly even illegal? And uh, how much of this is just simply people being inept and incompetent? Well, it's kind of all of the above, because you have to remember the Democratic Party generally is the party of engagement with China. Uh, they have long favored handing over as much power and, and prestige and capabilities to China as possible in the name of somehow silently converting them into good democratic capitalists, which, of course, as you rightly outlined, is never going to happen with that regime in power there. Um, then we've also got these bizarre and, frankly, I think, corrupt allegedly corrupt uh, ties between the Biden syndicate and the Chinese Communist Party's leadership. And I think that now we've got pretty good evidence indicating that definitely Hunter Biden 
was absorbing a lot of money from China's government and their state-owned enterprises for at least a decade. Uh, and we still are looking for direct connections to Joe Biden. I think they're there. Whether they'll be found or not is another question entirely. But the, the fact of the matter is, I do believe that Joe Biden and his family have for years taken money from China. They are basically co-opted by China. And in terms of China looking at them with any fear, why would you fear your own employee? You know, the Chinese government probably looks at Biden, Mr. Biden, as nothing more than one of their lackeys. And so Joe Biden will beat his chest and talk about, uh, you know, oh, Xi Jinping's a dictator. I don't have a problem calling him that. And he'll talk about how, you know, in theory, we'll protect Taiwan. But everybody in China knows in practice Joe Biden will fold the first amount of pressure that's applied. And that's what this Blinken trip to Beijing reaffirmed, because the Chinese spent the whole weekend humiliating publicly uh, Anthony Blinken, America's top diplomat. And at the end, they got him to basically give a major concession, uh, which was that, yeah, no, we're not going to really respect any idea of Taiwanese sovereignty or independence at the end of the day. And so we conceded this huge point and we spent the whole weekend getting humiliated publicly, and we got nothing in return from China, not even a, an empty promise. They didn't even give us that. So this idea that Joe Biden is somehow going to stand up, A, he's married to the ideology of the Democrats, which doesn't believe in standing up against China, and B, he's compromised on some level, whether it's him just protecting his son or what I think there's probably some direct financial linkage between his son and his brother and himself. And through China. And that is the big problem here, which is why 2024's election can't come soon enough. Right. And that's part of what concerns me more than anything. If China honestly believes, and, and there's no reason not to, I think, given the current poll numbers, that somebody else is about to become president of the United States, uh, that kind of puts them on an advanced time clock. They, they've ordinarily been very yeah. patient. They've been setting up the board. Uh, they have new relationships in Central and South America. Uh, mm -hmm. Now everybody's talking about them uh, putting a spy base in Cuba, for crying out loud. Uh, we know that they've been making these moves for a while. They've created new relationships with countries that not that long ago were our allies. Uh, but yeah. if they see a potential regime change here, uh, don't they almost have to go ahead and make their move against Taiwan so they can be embedded and, and ready to repel uh, in the event that the next administration is a little more forceful? Uh, there's no reason for them to hesitate, uh, is there? One one hundred percent. Yes. This is why, as you know, I've been writing for two years now. I think that the magic year is going to be either late 2024 or early 2025 that the Chinese are going to hit. You know, Mark Milley and the Pentagon keep saying 2027 is the earliest that the Chinese could do it militarily. They're completely wrong. It's, it's going to happen sooner because the Chinese are going to have to be very conscientious of the fact that they might not have a pliant member in the White House doing their bidding. And even if Joe Biden is reelected, God help us, but even if he is reelected, then they're definitely going to, you know, why would they wait? Because they know this guy's not going to ultimately stand up to them when they go in. So I would be looking at late 24 or early 2025 as the magic time period for them to do something big against Taiwan. Now, there's a downside risk to that. The downside risk is that they do this militarily. 
And that does force the Americans, even with even if they do have a pliant member of, of the White House on their side, it forces the system to stand up and say, we're not going to let this happen. So it's a risky move. But the Chinese, I think, you know, Xi Jinping in particular, he's not your usual Chinese, you know, leader who's playing it safe abroad. He's looking for a win abroad because things are not going so well for him at home economically right now. So he's looking for a win foreign policy-wise to unite his people behind him. And attacking Taiwan and getting a win out of that will be what he needs. And it's coming sooner than the Pentagon wants to admit for precisely the reason you said. If there's a Republican about to take over, he's got to move fast. And that's why I've said to the DeSantis people, and I'm advising, I, I would tell the Trump people as well, if, they, if, if, I, if I could direct and contact them, no matter what happens, you need to make it clear throughout the campaign that if China goes into Taiwan, you as president will remove those forces period, because that is the only thing that would deter them from doing that, even if they're already there. The, the new president needs to make it clear that he will commit forces to remove and repel the Chinese from Taiwan. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty clear that they're not concerned about that under the current administration between them That's harassing right. uh, our naval vessels and some of our aircraft. Uh, they have no fear of the Biden administration whatsoever. But uh, I said from the jump that uh, given our botched uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan, the entire world just became a much more dangerous place. And I know that's a yep. sentiment that you've shared. Yes, sir, it is. And actually, I have said that if you look at the shock waves that we've experienced since August 2021, which is when we pulled out, um, there's a direct connective tissue between the Russian invasion of Ukraine, all the provocations from China toward Taiwan, Iran's growing you know, threat to the, re the Middle East, North Korea's growing nuclear threat to their region, and also Cuba and Venezuela's growing threat to us in this region, as insane as that sounds. It all goes back to the way that the Biden administration completely dropped the ball in pulling us out of Afghanistan. We can all agree we needed to get out of there, but how we got out was almost as important as anything else. And we got out so badly, it sent the wrong message to the wrong people. Yeah, not only the message to the bad guys that, hey, you can bully over us, but also the message to our allies that we're not a very good ally and we don't keep our promises, both very dangerous on the yeah. world stage. Brandon, thank you so much for giving us so much of your thank time. You. Uh, before we say goodbye, please let everybody know where they can uh, find all of your work and uh, feel free to uh, share any websites and, of course, any uh, social media handles you'd like to throw out there as well. Absolutely. So you can find my work on Amazon. Uh, any, you know, you can find it on Barnes and Noble, Target, any any online store, any bookstore as well. Barnes and Noble, you know, actual uh, free you know buildings. You can, if you want to go in there and buy it there, you can. But you'll find them anywhere. Um, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter or at Getter or at um, Truth Social, all under the same handle at We the Brandon. And I'm also a senior editor at 1945.com, and that's 19-F-O-R-T-Y-F-I-V-E.com, 1945.com. All right. Thank you again for joining us, and uh, I hope thank we get you. a chance to uh, get together and talk again sometime soon. And I'd I would love, love for it to be some good news for a change, but we don't seem to have a whole lot <laughs> of that going on these days. Uh, keep up the good work, sir. Godspeed to you. the dawn. 
Thank you. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Brandon Weichert. And, uh, of course, you can check out the Weichert Report, and you can uh, check out all those other websites that he shared as well. Uh, the new book, Biohacked, has got all the information you would need to refute those lefties that still, even at this late age, want to pretend like COVID was completely natural and came from a bat. These We're dealing with idiots. That's all there is to it. All right. Have to uh, remind you about our friends over at Vanish Holster real quick before we run out of time to reset the hour. And uh, that, of course, means that I have to send you to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. The reason you want to do the backslash T-A-P-P is so you can collect a $50 discount automatically in the event that you decide to Buy a holster. Uh, the thing about uh, Vanish is they are quickly becoming one of the most popular holsters in the country because they are, according to thousands of their customers, hands down the most comfortable holsters ever. Once you start carrying, you'll never stop. Uh, this is their customers, not me. Uh, check them out one more time. That's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. And uh, let's reset the hour uh, right now, yeah, Doug was trying to tell me we still had two minutes, but uh, we'll do it now, and uh, we'll hit the other side hard. This is Matt Fitzgibbons from PatriotMusic.com, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. This is Tim Tapp, the ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host of Tap Into The Truth, that you can hear right here, K-Star, ZMA, and the Vera Networks. Thank you, Amy, for uh, doing that for me. I, I appreciate it. And I hope that you guys are having a great Friday so far as well. We're diving headlong into hour number two as we slide into the weekend together, and I hope that it is 
just phenomenal for you. I know it won't be for everybody. We all have our issues. Quick reminder, I am on the road tonight. Uh, unexpected events took me away from the studio. So if you hear a lot of background sounds that you don't normally hear, that's the reason why. But, uh, I'm just glad you're here listening with us. Uh, real quick, before we uh, get into the rest of uh, today's show, I didn't get a chance back in hour number one, so I'm going to have to mention them twice this hour. I got to tell you about our friend over at Native Path. They have this Antarctic krill oil that is it's working wonders for me. I, I've been taking it now for almost a full three weeks. Um, first week didn't notice much of a difference. Uh, second week started feeling better and now really starting to feel, uh, well, feeling better uh, than I have in quite a while. So I, I can tell you from personal experience that it is worth giving it a shot. Now, obviously, krill oil supplements, uh, they do what they do, and some folks will be very responsive to it. Some folks may not. But regardless, if you're worried about your heart, your memory, or swollen, achy joints, which was my biggest issue, uh, this Antarctic krill supplement could help put an end to uh, issues with all three. It's been shown to support healthy blood pressure, circulation, brain health, as well as reduce inflammation, swelling, and joint pain. And there's no better time to try it for yourself because right now all you have to do is go to fixswollenfeet.com to get yourself 58% off Native Path Antarctic krill oil. This krill oil is pure. It's effective and it's easily absorbed by the body. And it contains a potent antioxidant that helps reduce inflammation and swelling like few things can. And for a limited time, which means uh, do it sooner rather than later, don't put it off. For a limited time, you can grab Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil for as low as $23 a bottle. A bottle is a 30-day supply, roughly a month. All you have to do is go to fixswollenfeet.com. Uh, I still chuckle at that particular website name. I can't help it. Fix Swollen Feet. Sounds goofy to me, but it's a serious website with some serious krill oil supplements available. And hey, these guys are supporting the show so you know at least check them out you decide not to buy anything ah, that's your choice but uh, if you're worried about any of these things I i'm telling you from my personal experience it can be helpful um just you know decide for yourself if you're already taking a krill oil supplement you might want to give these folks a try just to see if they're better if you haven't tried it before why not give it a try now and see i mean you, these days you have to take your health into your own hands now we are in the second hour and i kind of just glossed over the four patriots a bit in the first hour because we were running so tight on time i played around too much early I, I do that i talk too much imagine that talk show host talks too much what a shocker right uh so let me remind you also that our good friends over at four patriots they've got a ton of things available that will help you be prepared for when life throws something at you that maybe you didn't expect your power goes out, stays off for an extended period of time, sure would be nice to have emergency backup electricity, right? Well, 4Patriots has a lot of different things that can help you with that. Um, grocery store gets, uh, you know, 
gets uh, raided. You know, folks show up. Uh, alternative shopping, uh, often referred to as looting by most of us uh, law-abiding citizens. Uh, you're going to need some food, right? Well, four patriots can help with that too. Water purification. They have a solar-powered no ice ice box. They got a ton of stuff. I mean, you just need to go check and see. And the best way to do that is just go visit them at fourpatriots.com. And once you're there, if you do see something that you absolutely positively have to have, go ahead, place that order. And when you check out, don't forget to use promo code TAP. That's T-A-P-P. Save yourself 10% off your order. Why would you not want to take advantage of some savings? Uh, like I said, that's the number four patriots.com and use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, at checkout. All right. With all that being said, there is so much crazy going on right now. How do you even filter through all of it? I mean, if you spend as much time looking at this as Ron and myself and Annie and Don and Rod Eccles over at ZMA and all these other folks that you probably listen to that are supposed to be that higher tier. I got to tell you, Annie and Don and Ron, they're top tier hosts too. I don't care how you set them up. They are phenomenal. And if you're not already listening to them, you need to be. But when you pay as much attention to this stuff as we do, it can literally drive you nuts. That's why one show you'll hear us and we'll sound like we're ready to to sing kumbaya with everyone who's willing to stand up along with us and then another broadcast it sounds like we've given up and that we just want to scream at everybody because nobody's doing enough well it comes from paying too much attention so as we are now creeping towards the fourth of july we have a lot of positive things to focus on and i hope you'll spend some time doing that in the meanwhile let folks like us uh, those conservative radio talk show host talk to you about the things so that we can pay attention so you don't have to quite as much now i'm not saying don't pay attention i'm just saying feel free to take a break then catch back up with us and we'll get you caught up in the meanwhile if you're listening live if you're just now tuning in uh, over at zma radio or the k-star talk radio network or part of the vera networks if you're just now tuning in if you missed our number one two great guests please go back and check out the podcast in archives uh we'll have that up uh, probably sometime tomorrow because i've got to shut down early tonight but uh please you're you're going to really really be mad at yourself if you missed the conversations i had back in the first hour now here in just a few moments we're going to be joined by mr ed brodal uh he was here not that long ago promoting his brand new book the war on whites and we'll probably talk a little bit about that too but uh, i want to go ahead and thank him once he gets here and i'll thank him again but i'll thank him now for stepping up as a guest that we were hoping to have uh unfortunately had to back out last minute you know stuff happens it does and that's part of life but ed was like okay well uh, you know what i've got a few minutes so uh yeah i'll do it i'll come back on so i just i can't thank him enough ed's doing a phenomenal thing and uh ed's uh, uh, doug's giving me the sign that he's actually here so let's go ahead and start our conversation ladies and gentlemen uh the 
negotiation expert, the man who runs the negotiation negotiation boot camp, uh, prolific author, has written several books at this point. His most recent, The War on Whites. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Mr. Ed Brodal. Ed, thank you so much for coming on, especially such last-minute uh, notice, just uh, popping right in there uh, like the hero you are. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's a pleasure. All right, sir. Uh, obviously, there's no shortage of things to talk about, and I uh, thought we would probably circle around to some of the topics you've been focused on lately towards the end. But I wanted to kind of start off with uh, your impressions on everything that's going on with the most recent business with Hunter Biden. Uh, obviously, he got that sweetheart deal, and then he quietly made the child support case kind of go away with this private thing. And then today, uh, everybody's talking about this WhatsApp text that got caught where he was basically a uh, threatening uh, member of the Chinese uh, business uh, groups uh, trying to uh, make him come across with the money. And the attorney uh, for uh, Hunter Biden said that this was a result of his drug abuse at the time and shouldn't be considered anything else and certainly doesn't have anything to do with Joe Biden. It's just become such a circus in the effort to try to make it go away. I think they may have actually have made it worse. But let me get your thoughts on it. My thoughts are that this is one of the worst things I have ever seen in the United States. It is the worst case of corruption in my lifetime. They have the goods against Hunter and his father. Uh, it's all there, but it seems that the, the apparatus of the government, and I'm talking about the Justice Department, the FBI, the IRS, they have all been weaponized to go against Joe Biden's opponents and to favor uh, his son in this case. It's, it's really a disgrace. Our legal system has been totally trashed. And I think that uh, I, I think the majority of, of Americans are aware of it at this point. Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of hard to hide it at this point, because even the mainstream uh, media outlets, the legacy media, they've had to talk about it. it. It's it's a little too salacious not to. And I think part of their effort to discuss Hunter is to try and create that separation between him and Joe. And it's just nobody's buying it. There's It's too obvious. Everybody knows who the big guy was now. And it's also so obvious from this sweetheart deal. Uh, this is not a deal that uh, you could have gotten. I certainly couldn't have gotten it. Uh, I don't think I could have ever gotten to the point that I owed more than a million dollars in back taxes before uh, the IRS would have hauled me off, Ed. I, I don't know about you. Uh, maybe maybe you know somebody else who might have got this sweetheart deal, but it is pretty obvious to even the most hardcore Democrat, hey, I want to support Joe Biden, that this is at the very least malfeasance, but uh, for the most part, just flat-out corruption, right? I think it's criminal. I think it's flat-out corruption. As I said, they have the goods on him. Um, he, you know, anybody else that didn't pay a million dollars in taxes would be in a, in a world of hurt. But uh, he is obviously getting uh, what we call a sweetheart deal. And uh, it, it's just so obvious. It, it's so transparent that it's, it's really sickening. Uh, and what really makes me sick to my stomach 
is I see them, him getting away with all of this, and Hillary got away with what she got away with, and, and uh, Joe Biden is getting away with selling out the country, and yet they want to go after Donald Trump, who did nothing, who did absolutely nothing. But they're going after him. I, it just it boggles my mind. I, I don't. I, I, I am totally frustrated by all of this. Yeah. Well, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I can't think of anything more infuriating than to see uh, one Democratic office holder after another uh, march in front of a camera and talk about the corruption of Donald Trump. And then how, oh, it, it is so great that Joe Biden is standing up for his son, and, and he's so proud of him, and he's a loving father. And what what, does, what do Republicans want him to do? Uh, and it's just so much deflection and so much political theater. And to know that every single thing they've accused Donald Trump of, uh, they're guilty of. And I, it is far from the first time that I've pointed this out here, and I know I am a long way off from being the only person that keeps pointing that out. But to keep seeing it over and over again, the only good part here, Ed, in my mind, is the fact that more and more people are starting to wake up to it. And even people that have been solid Democratic voters in the past, and definitely a lot of the so-called independent I think they've almost had their fill with this uh, level of BS, too. I agree with what you just said. I, I agree. I think it's going to have a tremendous uh, impact on undecided voters and Democratic voters. I don't see how anybody in their right mind would want to vote for Joe Biden again. It, it just it's beyond my comprehension. The only way I can see for the Democrats to win back the presidency is if they cheat again, which they may do. But I, yeah. I think that right now, uh, if the election were held today, I think Donald Trump would walk away with it. Yeah. Well, it's hard to imagine a different outcome, but uh, honestly, uh, still trying to imagine how we got to the current outcome that put him there in the first place. Uh, I'm definitely with you, Ed. I, there is a, uh, a world of shenanigans that uh, we can expect to see upcoming. They're already trying to set the stage, and uh, I think it's going to be one heck of a knockdown drag out. If Joe Biden even gets to be the nominee, because, I mean, we, we have this primary race that's ongoing where RFK Jr. is he's polling solid against him because everybody's tired of the venal house plant. And you also have other folks. You got Gavin Newsom, who's running kind of a stealth campaign. He doesn't want to come out and challenge Joe uh, directly because he wants to be a good Democratic Party member. But he's kind of got his fingers crossed that uh, he's going to keel over one of these times. He's going to trip over the next sandbag and just not going to be able to run. And he's going to swoop in like a hero. And, and we've got other stuff ongoing. So I, there's a strong theory going around that the the party is planning on trying to switch out to uh, to Michelle Obama because she's still popular and she's playing those games and uh, that's a theory that seems to be growing online. Although I still don't see much of that showing up in polls, but uh, I don't doubt that if she decided she wanted to run, she could make a serious play for it. So we got a long way to go between now and the end of the primary season. I just I have a hard time thinking that Joe makes it that far. Well, don't hold your breath on this. He'll he'll, he'll probably make it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's 
it's not going to get much worse. It's already terrible. But no. I, I think he'll probably just keep on going, keep on making these gaffes, keep on tripping over sandbags, <laughs> whatever <laughs> else he does. Um, I, I think he'll, uh, I, my, my prediction is that he'll make it through. Um, but so what? You know, I mean, the guy has already proven himself to be totally inept. He's destroying the country. And anybody who says otherwise is just either lying or they're not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there seems to be plenty of that out there, especially on the lying part. Uh, for some people, it's still just a team sport, and they want you to vote blue no matter who, and it's kind of scary. Uh, let's change topics uh, real quick. Uh, something that was extremely disappointing to me, and I know you, you'll have something uh, interesting to say about this, too. Uh, the Supreme Court uh, released a decision today that essentially uh, rejects uh, the uh, deportation policies uh, that uh, Biden has in place right now. We had Texas, Louisiana, a few other states that challenged, and ultimately the Supreme Court decided that these states didn't have standing to uh, to challenge this. Uh, I don't understand how a state that is financially on the hook and facing the consequences of this poor border policy doesn't have standing, but it's a strict interpretation of where the federal authority lies when it comes to immigration is the only thing that makes sense to me. But I don't think that's enough in this case. I think the state should have standing, but I'm not a Supreme Court justice, unfortunately. Ed, uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Well, I'm, I'm with you on this. I'm not a Supreme Court justice either. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a constitutional law specialist. But the whole thing smells. Uh, what Biden is doing smells. It's terrible. And there's got to be a way to stop him. Now, it, maybe that maybe this is not the way to do it. But uh, they have to find a way to, to stop this before it, you know, it, it continues with millions of people coming across the border illegally. The whole thing is is absolutely um, I call it treason. I, I think it's treasonous uh, what he has done uh, instead of enforcing the laws that the Constitution says he is supposed to enforce. He's just going his own way and doing whatever, whatever the, the left wing of the Democratic Party wants. And we know why they want all these people coming in, because they want to change the voting demographics. That's all. They're not doing it out of compassion. They can care less about these people. In fact, by, by keeping the border open, they are causing a tremendous amount of suffering, human trafficking, murder, rape. Uh, I, I mean, the whole thing from beginning to end is, is a tragedy. And um, Biden, you know, Biden is he's, he's going along with all of it. He has, he has succumbed to this whole woke business. And uh, we got to get him out of there. That's all. Um, yeah. I, I, as I say, I don't, I don't know enough about the intricacies of this to say that a state has standing or not standing. Um, I have to assume that the Supreme Court uh, was standing by the Constitution on this one. But I, I, I frankly, I'm not knowledgeable enough to say for sure that that's the case. All right. Well, the one thing that I can say with some level of certainty is that Samuel Alito, 
who is clearly the most conservative and most originalist constitutionalist justice still currently sitting, he was the one lone dissenter with this majority opinion. Came down eight to one, and Samuel Alito argued that Texas did have standing to challenge the policy, saying that the majority opinion harmed the ability of the states to push back on executive authority. Now, that to me even still seems like a limited um, part of why they would have standing, but at least he made the argument. Uh, it just wasn't enough. Uh, you know, if it comes down to 8-1 and Samuel Alito's the one, I'm going to say that that's probably the correct one in the way the rest of the court should have went. Uh, our problem uh, currently is that we have uh, a conservative majority supposedly uh, sitting on the court, but there are questions about uh, the majority of that majority, and <laughs> if I'm not uh, being too redundant and making the statement, and I think on this one they just got it wrong, and, and I'm, thankfully – uh, nothing is ever settled when it comes to law, and maybe we can challenge this again uh, a few years down the road. But it's so dangerous because, like what you said, uh, it, it is treasonous. They're facilitating an invasion in an effort to dilute populations because they believe it's going to benefit them politically uh, in a multitude of different ways. And like you said, uh, this has been one of the least compassionate actions uh, because it does encourage human trafficking. It's caused so much harm, and there's so much that we could be doing to try to help these people fix their problems where they came from. But the fact that these folks are willing to risk life and limb and basically enter indentured servitude, if not flat-out slavery, to get to come here uh, does say a lot, and it leans into what I'd like to talk to you uh, about next, and that's the subject of reparations. I know that's something that you've written about and uh, talked about a little bit, but uh, before we get into that topic, uh, I think we should probably try to take the uh, mid-hour break just a, a little early uh, so that we can uh, have plenty of time to discuss it. And I, I'm driving the producer, Doug Nuts, right now. He's like, oh, yeah, fine. Now you'll go early. <laughs> but uh, if you'll hang with us, Ed, for just a little bit longer, we'll get to that. Uh, because my belief is that reparations were paid as soon as we extended citizenship, but it's very undervalued now. Uh, we'll have that conversation on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. Uh, on the other side of this break, uh, our guest, Ed Brodal. Hi, this is Derek Kenny, and you're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Remember when certain people used to rail against things they believed they knew to be false or did not even exist? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Once upon a time, there were legions of know-it-alls who would proclaim to anyone who would either listen to or read their writings. The know-it-alls condemned parents for telling their children about the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus. 
Even the know-it-alls of the New York Times famously declared that God is dead. More times than I could dare to count, the know-it-all leftists have been allowed to debunk the United States as a great nation and have told generations of students that the U.S. as a good nation does not nor never did exist. They were allowed to have the liberty to say whatever they want. But now, individuals reporting that the Corona China virus shots may be to blame for numerous health challenges suffered by people all over the world who took the jab are not even allowed to say such things. In some circles, if you say God made man and woman, the same people who debunk America and God Almighty don't want others to express themselves. Time to tell those hypocrites to back up or forget about it. I'm Ron Edwards. Bye now. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year, and a half a million children being treated in the ERH year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. This is Matt Fitzgibbons. This is Amy Hallam. This is AZ. Sharing the night together. Sharing the night together. 
All right, we are indeed sharing Friday night together. Thank you so much for being here, especially those of you that are listening live across the multiple platforms, whether it's the K-Star Talk Radio Network, ZMA Radio Network, or if you're listening on the Vera Network, uh, whether you're listening over at thelastfrequency.com or over at WCETFM in beautiful Columbia, South Carolina. Thank you so much for being here live. I want to remind you guys, dang it, the quickest path to tyranny is to give up your guns. The quickest way to become the victim of a violent crime is to not have your firearm on you when you need it. And that's why I have to talk to you. If you're a gun owner like me, you may have made the same mistake. I, and I'm I'm saying I've done it, okay? That's what I'm telling you. I have done this thing, so I know it's a thing that happens. We'll pick a holster that's just so gosh darn uncomfortable that we stop carrying. Now, if that very horrible, tragic, very no good moment happens where we have to defend ourselves or protect our family, our, our neighbors, our friends, if that moment happens and we don't have our firearm with us, then we're at a horrible disadvantage and that's why vanish holsters is becoming one of the most popular holsters in the country because they have thousands of customers that swear it's the most comfortable holster ever hands down and they swear to it they say if you use a vanish holster you'll never stop carrying not my word thousands of their customers plus they're designed to save money too because the fit design of the holster works for about 99% of semi-automatic handguns, and it's designed to work without a tactical belt. So there's a little hidden expense that you just don't have to worry about. Beyond that, it does let you carry in multiple positions, so that goes back to being very comfortable. You can hold two Fully loaded magazines, ready to change out as well. It's a great product. And if you use the website I'm about to give you, you'll automatically get a $50 discount. Who doesn't want to save money, right? So, uh, again, if that sounds interesting to you at all, even if it doesn't, I'd still ask you to go see what they got to offer. You might change your mind. Go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Uh, that backslash in the uh, T-A-P-P gets you that $50 discount. Uh, just one more time, that's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. All right, with us on the line uh, is a man who... If you know anything at all about negotiations, if it is something you've looked at, then you know his name because he is the ultimate negotiation guru. Uh, if you have ever watched uh, a certain episode of Voyagers, which was a great TV show that I loved uh, when uh, I was younger, uh, then you've seen this man back during his Hollywood career. And that's just one of the things he did. He's been in a lot of different stuff. It's just that's probably my favorite because – I love that show. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Uh, prolific author, uh, political commentator, and like I said, negotiation expert extraordinaire, Mr. Ed Brodal. Ed, again, thank you so much for uh, coming in and filling in such last-minute notice, uh, popping in here and uh, hanging out with us on a Friday night. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. 
All right, before we get into any other topic, I want to give you this opportunity right now so that we're not rushed at the end. Let everybody know where they can find your work, share your websites, and any other type of uh, thing you want to throw out there, social media handles, whatever you like. All right, well, my website is Ed Brodo Politics. That's E-D-B-R-O-D-O-W, politics, edbrodopolitics.com. My latest book is The War on Whites, How Hating White People Became the New National Sport. It is available at Amazon.com. And uh, you were going to lead into the subject of reparations, which uh, the last chapter of my book, I I, I talk to a great extent about reparations. And I want to say that the, the problem with reparations is that they are another form of entitlement. And entitlements have not worked. Uh, Welfare has not worked. If anything, uh, welfare has been an absolute failure and uh, abysmal for the black community because it has imposed what I call the victim mentality on black America. And blacks uh, have been convinced that they are victims of white people that white people are, are uh, oppressors and that white people are responsible for all the problems in the black community. Now, I, in my book, I, I refute that. Uh, my position is supported by many black thinkers like Thomas Sowell, uh, Shelby Steele, Bob Woodson. The whole idea of giving money, just giving money to black people is only going to increase the sense of victimization that they have. And uh, aside from that, it's totally unfair to everybody else. I I mean, my my family, for example, didn't come to this country until after the Civil War. So what did my my family have to do with with, uh, slavery? Why should I be forced to pay someone whose ancestors 150 or 200 years ago were slaves. And if we're going to do that, well, what about all the other people who've been subjected to discrimination? Uh, we're, we're talking about Italians, Irish, Hispanics, Jews, Asians. Are we going to give all of these people reparations? The whole idea is really crazy. And uh, I, I think that the only reason it's being pushed is uh, the Democrats think that it's a way of gaining favor with the black community. We'll give you money. Here, we'll give you money. Vote for us. We'll give you money. Well, as I said, it hasn't it hasn't worked in the past, and it's not going to work in the future. Um, if we want to bring poor black people up to speed, we have to give them education. We have to train them in the importance of education. We have to get them to understand that working for a living is not racist, which is what we're being told by the left. And and giving out reparations would would be the worst possible thing that could happen uh, to American blacks. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the entire psyche of the human race 
revolves around your feelings of self-worth. And if you don't have some level of accomplishment, if you don't stand up to some level of adversity and feel like you made it through mostly on your own steam, and not to say you can't get a little help here and you can't lean on a mentor or something of that nature, but it, it does – it has so much to do with your outlook on life and how you feel about yourself uh, when you are capable of facing down one of life's obstacles, something that we all have to do eventually uh, rather than just sitting back and letting somebody else take care of me. I mean it is an appealing idea to a lot of folks now because critical thinking has been removed from the public schools and victimization and indoctrination of that victimization as an attitude has been pushed into not just the black community but all the kids together uh, unless you happen to be a white kid and then you're the victimizer and that's another way of a psychological attack and this is still all designed to keep everybody separated in our own little boxes so we can't stop those guys that are trying to do this in the first place from the other things that are up to we're so busy fighting with each other we don't see what they're doing we can't put an end to it but uh, you, you hit on so much of that already, and it's just really important for folks to understand if it's the same attack as with the participation trophies. Everybody's like, oh, well, that's just being nice. No, it's taking away the idea that if you want to win a trophy, you have to work hard. And if you want success, you have to work hard. Uh, it doesn't even matter. You can be talking about Ben Carson phenomenal doctor who elevated himself to the highest levels he didn't do it by sitting around waiting for somebody else to give him something he went and, went and earned it and even people out there of color as the left likes to say who argue for things like reparations and claim systemic racism like oprah winfrey and lebron james how did they get to the level of success they have they weren't held back, uh, but they put in the effort. They didn't get to where they are without putting in the sweat equity. They know what their worth is because they know what it took to get there, and they're denying people that same self-reveal uh, by trying to keep them down and trying to make them think that they have to rely on somebody else to give them stuff. It, it is a tragedy, really. It's a horrific tragedy that's only going to further degrade the entire country and keep us even further divided, I think. May I tell you a personal story? Yeah. When Absolutely. I was in college, I worked at night. In I was in New York. Um, I worked in an office building in Manhattan cleaning toilets from like 6, 6 p.m. to 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, one of my colleagues was a, uh, an Hispanic woman who worked at night. She had uh, seven kids. Her husband worked, she worked, and she said, my neighbor is on welfare. They just gave her a brand new washing machine. Woman doesn't work. And she said to me, I feel like an idiot. Why am I not? I'm knocking myself out here working at night. I don't get to be with my kids. And this woman is getting it's all being paid for her. So why why am I doing this? I never forgot that. You know, this is this is the tragedy of welfare and entitlements. It, it makes you uh, it takes away, as you say, it takes away your self-respect 
and uh, makes you question why you know, why bother why why bother with anything yeah well uh what do you think about uh, what i had posed before we took the break in regards to reparations having already been paid and i'm not talking about acreage and mules i'm talking about citizenship it's horribly undervalued by the uh, standard american under the age of 30 these days but there are people in other countries like we alluded to when we were talking about the border, that are willing to risk life and limb, willing to be separated from their children, all in an effort to try to get into this country and would love the opportunity to at some point become a citizen. Uh, People from around the world still see it for all of the problems we have and all the flaws that we have, that this is still that shining city on the hill for as long as we can hang on to it and keep the Democrats from uh, ruining it. Isn't citizenship more valuable than any cash denomination that could be handed out? And shouldn't that be what we're trying to to teach folks? Shouldn't we re-embrace the value of being a U.S. citizen, one of the most unique things on the planet? Well, you're absolutely right. But that's another thing that the Democrats are destroying. Because look what they're doing. They are taking away the value of citizenship by saying to to illegals who come into this country, people who come in illegally, they're saying, okay, we're going to we're going to give you uh, a free phone. We're going to pay for your health care expenses. We're going to pay for housing. Um, We're going to give you all these benefits. And now we're going to let you vote. They want to let them vote. So if, if all of these things can happen, without being a citizen, then what's the point? Well, what's the value of citizenship? If the Democrats have their way, a citizenship will have no value whatsoever. Yeah, but if they had their way, we wouldn't have a border, period. So we wouldn't really have a sovereign nation to be a citizen of. Uh, no, it, we don't have a border now. Yeah. We don't, it's <laughs> now. Not in the future. Now we don't have a border. Now we don't have a nation. And, and that's that's got to stop. We got to get Biden out of there. So this will stop. Yeah, you're absolutely right, sir. You're absolutely right. Uh, it's just it's such an obvious political gimmick, though. Uh, yeah, sure. We will offer you up uh, this money and we'll do this. Uh, just keep voting for us. And even in places like California, where Gavin Newsom is leading the charge, it's been made pretty clear that if they proceed the way that they're planning, it will bankrupt the state. And, of course, that's not at all an unexpected thing when Democrats are running lock, stock, and barrel because there is no fiscal responsibility. Sadly, there's not enough fiscal responsibility with Republicans anymore, it feels like. But there comes a point where they're not going to be able to keep taxing people enough to pay for all of this, and they keep overpromising. At what point do you think uh, the backlash happens, uh, that the, the worm turns, as they say, and that people really just have their fill of all the empty promises and start to return to common sense? Is that something that even in a place like California that you think can happen? I'm very worried about it. I live in California. Um, the state is, of course, a majority blue state, but we have hundreds of thousands of, of people, affluent people, leaving California for places like 
Texas and Florida. So what happens here? You, 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 you deplete the number of people who can pay taxes and you, you encourage people who are on the dole, eventually it gets to the point where it just doesn't work anymore. And that's, that's what I'm seriously afraid of, that uh, all of our public services are gonna disappear. Uh, it's already happening in San Francisco. I've, I've been up to, I, I always, uh, I live two hours from San Francisco and uh, we always go up there every couple of months just to spend a couple of days. We're afraid to go up there now. It is so bad. You can't walk on down the street anymore in San Francisco. The stores are closing. The hotels are closing. Uh, it's, it's absolutely a disaster. And by the way, this is all on Gavin Newsom. When he was, he, he was mayor of San Francisco, he was responsible for that. They, they brought him to Sacramento as governor, and now he's ruined the state. And the irony is he wants to now take it national, nationwide he wants to ruin the country the way he's ruined California. What a boob. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's the nature of Democrat politics. You just keep failing upward. Uh, just look at Kamala. <laughs> well, I, you know, people ask me, what do you advise, Ed? What, what should we do? And there are a number of things that I think we need to do. But the number one thing I advise people is never vote for a Democrat. The Democratic Party has just gone off the charts. They are, uh, they've been taken over by the left and everything that they have done and are doing is destroying the country. So the, the most important thing I tell people is whatever you do, don't vote for a Democrat. Yeah, it's just something that unfortunately too many folks in California just uh, they're not going to take your advice I'm afraid uh, and it is scary I mean I don't know how bad it has to get before folks will make the turnaround now, there is a tipping point but I would have thought that the minute we started seeing typhoid on the streets of Los Angeles uh, in and amongst the homeless encampments and, and requiring a poop app so that you know which streets to walk down in san francisco without having to worry about stepping in human feces uh i would have thought that that would have been a, a step too far that that would have been past that point but it, it's just insane that what people will get used to and what they will allow to continue and all in the name of compassion all you have to do is say the right emotional argument and bleeding heart folks will not apply critical thinking and realize what would be best, what would be the most compassionate. Uh, I did have one more California story that I wanted to get your take on, uh, and that, of course, is the story of the Los Angeles Dodgers and their dust-up with the Catholic Church. Uh, I, I know this is something that, uh, you know, it, it, it's mind-boggling to see an organization like the Dodgers that probably has more ties to the Catholic Church than most of the other Major League Baseball teams uh, in, a, in a significant fashion. And the nature of the woke mentality, they feel like they're required to basically put a thumb in the eye of the Catholic Church. Now, I have issues with the church itself. I think a lot of uh, non-Catholics probably do. We, we saw the cover-ups. We know the harm that has been done. But at the same time, when it comes to the practitioners of the faith, 
these are fellow Christians in my mind, and they're being mocked, and they're being ignored, and they're being degraded in a way that a Major League Baseball team just shouldn't do. Uh, again, I'm sure you've got some uh, interesting thoughts to share about what the Dodgers have done in this case in regards to the sisters of perpetual crapola. <laughs> I, I look at that and I say, how can they be so stupid? But but it's it's part of an overall problem. The same thing with Target. Look at what Target did, how they alienated millions of, of, of their uh, customers. Uh, look at United Airlines, uh, all these Nike, these big companies that have gone woke without realizing the, the impact it's going to have on their bottom line. They're shooting themselves in the foot. And that's what the Dodgers have done. They have shot themselves in the foot. And, and all of these companies have lost sight of what they're in, what the, why they exist. They exist to make money. They exist as a business. And if they, if they decide that making money and, and being responsible to shareholders, uh, if all of that is not as important as buying into this woke agenda, then they're all going to go down the tubes, absolutely going to go down the tubes. And it's, it's sad to watch. Yeah, I mean, it is a complete detachment. I mean, I, I can get Target because Target has had a corporate entity that's been to the left for a while. I washed my hands of Target a very long time ago, uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s. I don't remember exactly when, but when they decided they weren't going to do uh, religious accommodations for their Seventh-day Adventist anymore, they had, had a, a large uh, – uh, population of uh, that particular branch uh, in the Minneapolis area and, and in Minnesota in particular. Uh, and, you know, for the longest time they were hiring them. And, of course, one of the things that sets them apart from other uh, branches of Christianity, other denominations, is they hold Saturday to be the Sabbath. And when they were hired, they would always say, okay, I'm, I'm not available on Saturdays. So they'd never be scheduled on Saturdays. Well, eventually enough people whined about it that they decided no more religious accommodations. Fast forward uh, three years from that decision, and uh, the first super targets were opening up. And then we had a much larger Muslim uh, community in the Minneapolis area. And they started making religious accommodations for the Muslims uh, that were working cash registers so they wouldn't have to handle pork or uh, the beer that was being sold in the super targets. Now, I'm fine one way or the other. Make the religious accommodations or don't, but treat all groups the same. Either you're going to do it or you don't. When they refuse to, to go back and open up the religious accommodations to other groups, only doing it for Muslims, I was done then. Uh, they followed that up with their transgender bathroom policy, uh, where they refused to acknowledge the harm that was being done through that. Uh, they put people's lives at risk. Uh, young girls were attacked in some of these restrooms, and they covered it up. And, and it's been documented, but almost nobody talks about that anymore either. Uh, so to see Target do that, okay, we, we've seen it coming for a long time. But the Los Angeles Dodgers... I mean, Major League Baseball, I, I hate that so much politics has worked its way into sports, period. That used to be our reprieve from this kind of madness, Ed. And, and now here it is. They're letting themselves be drawn out 
out of fear of cancellation where before, when would a Major League Baseball team have to pick a side? It's like, we're here for all Dodger fans. Uh, the the ballpark is for everybody. Come as you are. Everybody would have been okay with that. But to do this and the way they've done it, it's just horrible. It it, it lacks common sense, let alone business sense. Well, here, here's the problem in the country right now. Uh, up to now, we have believed in equality. Uh, Martin Luther King uh, judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Equality, meritocracy. But now the left says, nope, that's no good. What we need is equity. And equity means that you have to treat different groups differently. So you can give special privileges to Muslims, but not to Seventh-day Adventists. And the biggest area where you have to treat people differently is based on skin color. So black is the right skin color, Brown is the right skin color. White is the wrong color. And that is what has taken over the whole philosophy of the Democratic Party. And it's been, uh, uh, Biden has uh, in, entrenched that in the, in the federal government, where they are now hiring based on race. So all of, the, all of the things that you and I grew up with, a colorblind society, equality, all of that is now going out the window. And once you have that happen, the whole basis of, of our republic falls apart. Yeah. It's when you put merit out of the equation, you can't possibly hope to have anything that will stand uh, when it comes to the first time that adversity comes your way. And you're right, that will be the demise of the republic if we let it be. We've got to stop it. We have to change who's in the White House. We have to change who has control of the Senate. We need to return to common sense. And that's practically a dirty word. Ed, uh, again, thank you so much. You've been so generous with your time. You've been here for most of the hour, and we are quickly running out of time today. So one last time, please remind folks where they can find your work and where your website is, and uh, then we will say our final goodbyes for the evening. Okay, the book is The War on Whites. And by the way, I cover all the things that you've talked about, meritocracy, uh, reparations, equality, equity, it's all covered in, in The War on Whites. And you can get The War on Whites at Amazon.com, or you can go to my website, which is edbrodopolitics.com, E-D-B-R-O-D-O-W, politics.com. All right. And that's a, a really interesting blurb on the uh, top of the cover, by the way, Ed. <laughs> uh, supplied that, that blurb. <laughs> All right. I, I want to thank you again so much, and uh, we will get together again sometime really soon and continue the conversation. Have a great weekend, Ed. Thank you. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Ed Bernal. There will be links in the show description uh, to the book as well as to the website. Uh, you cannot undervalue 
the life experience and common sense when they are put together. Uh, we're quickly running out of time together, though, and I hate that. I do. At the same time, I know that we'll get back together again really soon. Uh, the recorded shows through the weekend, of course, the live show on Friday nights. We already have guests upcoming. In fact, fingers crossed we have scheduled, and I, I hate to get too excited this far out, but – just so you know, just so you will clear your schedule. If the, the current confirmation stays in place, one of our guests in the first hour will be Miss Carrie Lake. Yes, we will be talking to the lady who ran for governor in Arizona and is still fighting for a fair shake in the uh, outcome of that election and trying to get election integrity restored, not just for her home state, but for the country as a whole. In the meanwhile, that's going to have to be it, guys. So, as always, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. If you missed any part of the show, please go back into the archives and listen to the podcast. It will be worth your time, I promise. And, uh, you know, don't take my word for it. Definitely. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Uh, also, uh, before we say goodbye for the final time, let me remind you to visit FixSwollenFeet.com. Uh, get the krill oil. It's good for you. Trust me. <laughs> We're out of here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Doug. Thank you to all the guests tonight, and thank all you fine listeners. Have a great weekend. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Tentacle shoppers, tentacle yeah, shoppers. Yeah, yeah, There's a cleanup yeah, on every aisle. Yeah, yeah, Target yeah, is targeting yeah, your kids. Yeah. They put a target on my back, but they're targeting your kids. They don't even need to ask, cause you all know what it is. Yeah, that's why I keep a strap, and I'm always by my bears. This agenda gotta stop, and you know we're gonna win when they target, target. Yeah, they target and target.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.